Hello and welcome to the first episode of For the Love of the Horse, a podcast celebrating the thoroughbred. I'm Julianne Horseman and I'm proud to bring you good news stories and insights from the Equine Welfare Division of Racing New South Wales. Team Thoroughbred New South Wales provides a safety net to ensure all New South Wales thoroughbreds have a good home to go to once they finish racing or are deemed unsuitable for the track. They are cared for and retrained at one of our four facilities or a property owned by one of our partner organisations. Racing industry participants can be proud they help fund these operations with 1% of prize money for thoroughbred racing in New South Wales withheld for aftercare. Team Thoroughbred is passionate about promoting the thoroughbred breed and celebrating success stories, and that's exactly what this podcast is all about. A lot of thought went into choosing the first guest, and we happily settled on a talented jockey and equestrian with a heart as big as Farlap. Rachel Murray wrote herself into the history books in 2017 as the first female jockey to ride 100 New South Wales winners in one racing season. Two of those wins were aboard a horse named Mr Pumblechook and when he retired from racing, Rachel adopted him and begun retraining him as a show jumper. You can often see them out competing. (laughs) Rachel, thank you so much for joining us and in between races no less. Oh, thank you so much, Julianne. It's an absolute pleasure to be here and I'm really privileged to be your first guest. Now tell us a bit about Mr. Pumblechook. He sounds like a really special horse. He's very special to me. I um, met him when I was working for Greg Bennett. Just from the moment I set my eyes on him, I, I really loved the horse. He was very cute and he had the great personality and I just sort of um, kept in touch with the owners and I kept in touch with the horse as well throughout his rest of his career. And when it came to retiring, um, I was lucky enough to take him on and from then I've done everything with him to get him to a sort of a stage where I'm out and competing and I'm really proud of where the horse is. Onwards and upwards, I've still got a lot more to do with him. Absolutely. I've seen many impressive videos and photographs of you guys out competing, but let's take it back to the start. When you got him home, what did you do? Yeah, so um, I got him home and I did all the normal things with him. I put him in a small enclosure and mated him, mated him up with another friend and took him slowly. And when he was ready and settled into his new surroundings, I um, just let him out into his paddock and he had a little injury at the time, a little shoulder injury. So um, he did take some time to recover from that, but it didn't take that long. It probably was um, just a couple of months and he was um, pretty much telling me that he wanted to start his retraining. And um, yeah, I kicked on from there. I just did all the basic stuff just in the round yard I did some desensitizing exercises and some respect exercises and things like that made him really um confident with me and then we sort of gained like a more deeper sort of trust with one another and things like that before I even began contemplating riding him but yeah he was he was very um challenging at times in the sense that he's a very highly strung thoroughbred but nonetheless he's very willing and he um he honestly wants to learn and please so everything um I've sort of taught him he's really taken like a duck to water and just wanted to please me so I still have a few things that I'd like to do and obviously we all have goals and things like that and he's still very young and trainable so I still feel like I've got a long time left with him. Yeah absolutely and uh, a well-trained horse is a much more enjoyable horse isn't it? That's exactly what I would like to do I want to go to an event and have fun and just stay safe and know what you're sort of going to get on the day I am definitely in for that like the equestrian side of horses for me I just want to have fun and I feel like um yeah that's my sort of aim and with Mr Plumblechook I definitely I definitely feel like that. And when did you decide he was ready for his first outing? 
I took him to um, my friend's place a few times and we did some um, grids and things like that for the show jumping. Um, and obviously that's just a float trip away and a new environment. Then I went to some lessons um, with John Cooper at Central Mangrove and that was exactly the same thing, another, another environment and another outing. And once I felt like he was you know, coping with that okay, that's when I took him to a show jumping day at Claridon. And um, I didn't compete him, but I um, I had my friend ride my other horse and I just rode Chook around. Yeah, so I didn't put any pressure on him whatsoever. I just let him do his thing. Like if I got to the event and thought that he wasn't going to be okay to ride like a little bit too overwhelming for him, um, I was happy with that, just get him out and about with lots of horses and stuff. But um, he was fantastic. I was able to get a saddle on him and, and ride him around. Um, he, he did impersonate a camel a few times and, <laughs> and um, it was like a little alleyway and there's a lot of horses and he got really upset and that. But honestly, like that was the first outing and it's just improved ever since then and he's just got better and better and now, now he's really, really good. What's been your proudest moment with Mr. Pumblechook so far? Um, so an early goal for me was really just to get him to a metre. I, I was able to do that back in um, the long weekend in June at Camden and he had two rails that day, but um, honestly, like he's he's done more in this short period of time that he's been out and about than I sort of even imagined, but could imagine. But he was really good, and I was very proud of him that day. But just um, even people like coming up to me and saying like, you know, oh, they look great and they're going really well and things like that. Like I feel so proud because I'm so proud of them. So it's really really nice. Like I'm just really happy where they're up to. Um, they're probably not going to be any superstars by any means, but um, but they're really beautiful animals to be around and I'm I'm very proud of Mr. Plumblechook. What trait of his is your favourite? Oh, he has the most beautiful charisma about him. He just has this bundle of energy and a zest for life. <laughs> I think if he's a human in his eyes, every day would be the funnest day ever. <laughs> Other than what he's doing, he's just got a big massive smile on his face. But He's just not a boring horse. He's just so much fun and just plays. And like even in the paddock, he's the kind of horse that trots places and, um, you know, does a little pig root just because and and stuff like that. And when he's getting his food, he does a little like um, swish and stuff like that. Like just everything about him, he's just fun. So that's definitely my favourite trait about, about him. Sounds like we all need a little bit of Mr. Pumblechook enthusiasm in our lives. What's your goal for uh, him in the next 12 months? He's only little, like he's only 15-1 and um, he's the type of thoroughbred that he's um, small and compact. Like I think he's very powerful and athletic. So I like he's he's great for the probably the metre, metre tens, but he probably is not going to get any higher show jumping. But um, I think that's a really good effort for him because um, if he's competitive there, especially in all those thoroughbred classes that um, team thoroughbred and the thoroughbred sport horse are, are sponsoring, like I want to really target them this year if I could another little dream of mine would be to get into some liberty clinics there's a guy up at Tamworth called um, Dan Sears and he does them regularly and I'd love to take him there because to me Mr Plumblechook is that kind of horse he um he just really wants to play and have fun and um, doing something like that with him which I really think he was excelling because he's just always so willing to connect with you he just I think he'd be great at that so that's another little goal in the near future that I'd like to like to get him to. Oh that sounds like you're going to have a really well-rounded horse now you talk about a meter 20 like it's a little jump a meter 20 for most people is still a big jump Um, why do you think thoroughbreds make such good show jumpers? 
just like every sports person, um, everyone is unique. That's probably the beauty of the thoroughbred is that within their breed, they have so many different confirmations and traits and personalities. So like they're not just a one trick pony. Um, I think some horses are better than others. Mr. Pombochuk, like he is powerful and um, athletic. So I think like he will be able to jump a meter 20, like given time, just when he gets his confidence and really knows what he's doing, like that won't be out of his league because horses, like some horses are just natural and very, um, very good at it. And I feel like Mr. Pombochuk, he really reads the jump well. Like he comes in and he sees his own stride and he adjusts himself and things like that. And the more exposure he has, the better he's going to be. So just every horse is different. Not all of them love jumping, which I know for sure, but some do and some just prefer to be like trail horses and some prefer just a nice dressage test. But but uh, Mr. Pombochuk, he's definitely, definitely um, very natural at show jumping and um that's where my passion is too. So I'm glad he, I'm glad he likes it. You've also got another thoroughbred, Medal of Glory. You won a race or two on him. Tell me a bit about him. Yeah, he's beautiful, but he is a very different horse. He, I say Mr. Plumblechook isn't boring. Well, Mousy's quite boring. He is <laughs> just the kindest, most gentle, most sweetheart horse to do anything with. Like if you just ask him just to do anything he will do it because he's so kind and willing and what have you but he just is that horse that's just happy to go with the flow and just not rock the boat or do anything extravagant he just does what he has to and um I love him in the sense that he is um brilliant like if I have a friend come over or something along those lines he's the one that you put him on and know that they're going to have a nice time and be really safe Whereas Mr. Pumblechook, I probably couldn't really trust him right now to do that because he's probably um, just that little bit playful and and can shy and things and be very spooked easy. But Metal Glory, he's um he's just an absolute pleasure. So they're two very very different horses. Mousy doesn't really like jumping. He'll do it because I'm asking him to, but he just doesn't love it. So, but that's all right because he's really good at other things. So I'm I'm very happy with both of them. They're both very different, but they're both very nice. Do you compete in any other disciplines with Medal of Glory? Well, no, I don't. Just mainly because of my time that I'm available sort of thing. Like equestrian sports maybe on a Saturday and I'm always riding, but when I'm, I'm probably not as busy, I, I will, even when I'm with these retired racehorses and trying to um, retrain them, I will go to dress events and maybe even dabble a little bit into the venting but it just takes a lot more time so just at the moment whilst I'm a bit time poor I'm just really targeting the show jumping but Mouse um, he can easily go out and do a beautiful dressage test he's very soft and supple and transitions lovely and just so kind and calm so he would do a dressage test beautifully I did um take them to the thoroughbred spring fair back in November last year and they're both really good and they done up nicely and and hacked around and did their thing but um probably for me I'm not really into hacking that much but they were beautiful on the day and they turned out really nicely so they're probably just the two things that I've done with them so far that's great did you know when you were adopting the horses which ones were going to be good at which disciplines Uh, what's the best way to discover which discipline is most suitable for your horse so I actually didn't think um, Mr Plumblechook would be a really natural show jumper just because um in my mind I just sort of thought he'd just be a cool horse like he's kind of looks like a little bit of a quarter horse in the sense that he'd be probably a good like barrel racer or something but I didn't um think that he'd be able to 
be competitive in the meters and the meter tens. Whereas I thought mouse would be a good show jumper just because he's that little bit bigger, a little bit different type. So they probably both surprised me in a little way, like where Chook is just very natural and loves it. Mouse doesn't really care if he does or doesn't. So I think you just probably the type of horse that you're after, like big stayers, um, they're probably good for the venting and the dressage because they cover the ground lovely. Whereas horses like Chook, the small compact athletic ones, they're like good for like, you know, other things. But then you have like the smaller fillies that are great for polo. So it's pretty much just your personal preference and your eye. And they are so versatile. So, and their temperament is amazing. So they could do whatever your little passion is. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't know exactly what the horses were going to be good at. But now that I know them a little bit better, like I know that Chook's great at show jumping and Mouse um, would be just such a lovely horse to have around. And are they the only two thoroughbreds you've had as your own personal horses after racing or have you had thoroughbreds before? When I was at Pony Club, I got this horse off the track. My mum got him for me. Um, His name was actually Shiny Boots and he was straight off the track and I was only a young sort of teenager. I was probably only 14. I was very keen but I was only quite young and um, this horse was really big and strong and I probably was too little for him at the time, but I was very keen and I loved riding and this was my horse. So I sort of never gave up on him and never gave up on me and he was great. Um, Eventually we went to like interschools and all the show jumping shows and stuff and he was fantastic. He was so clean and bold. You could face him in anything and he'd jump. I remember there was a, just at my local home show in Varel, there's a, like a six bar and he jumped, I can think it was a meter 40 in the six bar. And I was only probably like 16 and stuff at the time, but he was a great show jumper. I don't really remember it very clearly and appreciate it at the time, but he was a good horse. Um, He's got old now and I I don't think he's um, with us anymore, but he was a great horse and he was straight up the track and a young little keen, keen girl. It could have been disastrous, but it turned out to be really good. (laughs) Oh, there seems to be a lot of stories out there of people who ripped around on their thoroughbreds back in the day. Excluding your own horses, which retired racehorses currently competing in any equestrian disciplines stand out for you? I'm not always at all these disciplines and stuff, but um, I love Fireball of Jeff Penzers. That partnership of horse and rider, like that horse just loves him and trusts him so much. Like they do cool things that not many other people would do. The speed and the tight turns and jump offs, like that's, it's impressive to watch. Like, and it's, the horse is great. He's very clean and careful, but Jeff like really sort of like pushes him to his limits and he, he just steps up all the time. Like it's impressive to watch, but um, definitely he's a standout fireball. Jeff Penz is a jockey like you, and there are actually quite a few jockeys who also compete in equestrian disciplines. Who else do you see out and about? And is there a rivalry similar to what's on the track? <laughs> well, back to Jeff and his wife, Michelle, they are so competitive. Oh my. They, against each other? Just, yeah, well, against each other, but they just want to win. They just want that blue ribbon or that rug and it's so funny. They just make me laugh. But um, but yeah, no, there's um, Charlotte Jenner. She's an English jockey, she's like, um, retired now, but, but she has a beautiful horse called Mr. Smart. He's an I'm Invincible and he's really beautiful and she's done such a great job with him. Um, and Courtney Vanderwerf, she's a New Zealand jockey. Um, yep, she, she breaks her ass as well. Yes, yes, that's right. That's right. Um, and Mediterranean, like they're they're going so well. And um, Kathy O'Hara, she has her warm bloods, but I know she's keen on getting a um to get a retired racehorse soon as well. So um, obviously we're good horse people and stuff like that, and just love it. Like we love 
racing probably because of the horse and it sort of um this is a bit more of our passion isn't it it's just nice to see us um out and about on a different sort of um playing field and we're all um all love love the blue ribbon I guess <laughs> you touched on something that I wanted to talk to you about you're a professional jockey you ride track work you ride your own horses you compete do you ever get horsed out personally I don't because I just love it so much. I don't feel like I've ever got sort of a sick of a horse if such, but um, but don't get me wrong. Like I love the beach and I love the snow and things like that. So I, I, I do love away, but um, the horses are my passion and I, um, I just love them. I love being around them and they're definitely my best of friends. So I'm very um, happy to be with them all the time as much as I can anyway. Oh, that's lovely. And do you have any advice for anyone considering getting a thoroughbred and retraining it as a sport horse for themselves? They are brilliant. They really are. They're so exposed to so much stuff like traffic and wash bays and floating, multiple riders, multiple handlers. Like they're a good horse to have. You just have to have the mindset in the sense that you need to know that they are conditioned and taught to be racehorses. So, you know, it's not going to be glamorous and Um, or rainbows and butterflies initially but you know if you put the time and effort into them they are great horses and um, I don't know if they sort of know that they're having a sort of a second chance at life in a different career and stuff but but all the horses that I've seen on social media and things like that like they love having their attention and having a purpose just as much as we love like doing stuff with them they love doing it too so um, definitely just don't be afraid to ask for help and stuff and and um, horses are a big responsibility so at times it's going to be hard but um, all in all like I for me personally I find it very rewarding and um, satisfying. You still get lessons despite all your accomplishments and experiences why is that? Horses are an animal and they need to learn how to do things like they they don't just come out of their mum and know what to do like we have to teach them and sort of teaching them the right way is really important because um, you can practice but if you're practicing the wrong thing obviously it's awful and um, for me like I really want I don't I'm not saying I want to be perfect or what have you but I would really like to start little and um, do everything right and then I think you get a lot further I think when you have the foundation and everything right that's when you can build on it Um, if you sort of miss a few steps and just take a few shortcuts like it really shows later on so yeah that's why I love having lessons um, especially with someone you really admire I I love um, John and Pip Cooper at Central Coast there they um they're really into the thoroughbreds as well and you know trainers within their own rights and um I just love their approach and their um, horsemanship and things so I think that to me like that's the kind of people that I'd like to get lessons off I think it's invaluable to be honest let us lessons and um, just another opinion from the ground is a really really good idea do you have your eye on any current racehorses that you think might be successful off the track I could take them all you know I just (laughs) I just have to be if only we could um, I know there's just not enough land um, for me personally, but um, but yeah, I sort of want to do small scale and do it really well. Um, but I know that there's two horses that I'm riding currently track work, like it will make just beautiful animals. Um, there's a horse called Rich and Shameless and the way he, um, he's very mature and he's 
movement and um, his mannerisms and just the way that he um, holds his holds his frame and things like that. You can just tell he will be a beautiful horse, even though he's very good now. Don't get me wrong. Like he's still got a, a few wins in store for him for sure. But some horses you can just feel and you just like, this will be a nice horse. But at the same time, you want them to win races and you want to be successful race horses first. But but um, some just stand out to be beautiful horses that um, when they're done with racing, they're going to have a very successful career afterwards. What are some of the things that people should look out for? Because often it's the horses that can't even win a maiden that go on to be really uh, successful show jumpers or excellent dressage horses. That's exactly right. There's no rules. It's really just what you're looking for and um and how you go about it um just a little story about Mr Plumblechook so he is a horse that wears earmuffs he has to have a pony to the gates and he only goes a thousand twelve hundred meters just because he always worked himself up did much early and um would always gas himself out early in the races um and things like that like so and track work, he was hard. He was very spooky. Um, he was very keen. He was very playful and fresh all the time. Like he always gave everyone a hard time. So at first glance, like you would probably think that he wasn't a good horse for life after racing. But to be honest, without the um, race feed and in a different environment and all the education that he's had so far, you could not get a better horse. So the contrast between him, like I've seen it real life and I just, I'm just blown away by how it can change. So I don't think you should rule any of them off. Like um, they're all different and all so unique. And yeah, if they're no good at racing, like does not mean at all that they're not going to be good at any and the other disciplines. So there's really no rules. It's just what you like and how you connect with the horse and stuff and what you, how you sort of feel and think about them. I think that's that is what probably makes the horse his career after racing. Some sage advice there. And you still have many years ahead as a jockey yourself, but do you have a life after racing plan? Um, well, I, I don't really have anything set in stone. I'm sort of really still loving riding and things like that. Um, the riding I'll do for free, probably the travelling I like to get paid for. Um, on the road all the time, it's it's a bit hard. But, yeah, I've just um, just been really lucky and I, I just got a little property that I'm just adjusting at the moment and I'm just setting up a little arena with some jumps and a round yard and things like that. So eventually, like, I'd like to do more with the retired racehorses. I probably would like to maybe take them on just one at a time kind of thing and do it really well and get them up to a certain stage and sell them as a probably a confident competing 90 centimeter horse um, in show jumping and things I just feel like there's a pretty good market there because of um, all the sponsorships and the thoroughbred classes that um, are out there now it's sort of like a it's it, it's good for people that are time poor and want want horses to compete in these classes but haven't got really the um, time to get them up to the level so I feel like that's probably something that I'd love to do and just a little side side hustle for me. Later on, I'm not really sure. It's definitely something to do with horses I and maybe imagine. being in a veggie garden. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you can have both. I'm sure you can. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add that we haven't spoken about already? No, I think we covered everything really, really beautifully. But um, I just really probably would like to say thank you to you and Team Thoroughbred for all the all the promotion you're doing for these beautiful animals, like they really do deserve a life after racing because they have so many beautiful attributes and um, they are all unique and all very willing and kind. And um, given the right circumstances and stuff, like you can have a friend for life. So I think the thoroughbred industry um, 
is very lucky to have you guys and onwards and upwards. Before we let you go, let's have a quick game of this or that. Have you heard of that before? Ooh. I give you give you two options. You pick the one you like best. So, for example, I say Coke or Pepsi, and you pick the one you like best. But we're doing so the excited. doing the equestrian version. All right, here we go. <laughs> English or Western? English. Indoor or outdoor rides? Outdoor. Black or brown tack? Brown. Matchy matchy or anything goes. Anything goes. Bush or beach rides? Ooh, that one's a hard one. You can have both. Mares or geldings? Oh, um, geldings. Forward or lazy? Forward. Licorice or carrots as treats? Licorice. <laughs> you eat the licorice too, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> we got to share, don't we? Sharing is caring. M- <laughs> mucking out a stable or cleaning tag? Oh, I actually really enjoy mucking out a stable. Hey, definitely. So do I. That's so do a, I. I find it very yeah. therapeutic. Yeah, I find hard um, cleaning my tack. Yeah, doesn't quite have the same feel, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, would you rather free vet bills for five years or your dream float? Oh, um, the free vet bills, please. Yeah. Chestnut with a white blaze and four white socks or jet black? Jet black. Picking hooves or brushing out that winter coat? Oh, <laughs> I actually actually find um, I like getting out too. of that winter hair. <laughs> the winter hair is very it? satisfying. Yeah, it's coming around <laughs> exactly. to that time now. <laughs> it is. It really is. It's already happening a bit for Mr. Yeah. Pombalchuk anyway. Oh, he'll look great once he's once he's shed his winter coat. A he's big, powerful a bum or strong shoulders? Oh, powerful bum. A fart to the face or a snot shower? Snot shower. Oh, really? I hate it when I've got a nice clean top on and cop a snot shower. <laughs> That's true, but no, no, I'd rather snot shower. Well, we'd better let you get back to the races. Thanks so much for your time, Rachel. It's been wonderful hearing from a multifaceted horsewoman like yourself. Best of luck for the rest yeah. of the afternoon. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our first podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and we'll tune in for the next one in the series. For now, please show your support and stay up to date with the latest Teen Thoroughbred news by following us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. You can also subscribe to our monthly e-newsletter via our website.